Anthony Richardson has his best overall practice yet with Indianapolis Colts. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you all for tuning in and making us your first listen of the day. This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Zach Hicks joining you from Jake's office. <laughs> this is my new bedroom for the week. So clearly I, I am out in Indy. I was driving all day long, though, so I was just not really tuned in <laughs> to what was going on with Colts practice. But luckily, we have Horseshoe Huddle's boots on the ground. Our Colts aficionado, Jake Arthur. Uh, yeah, he was there at practice while I was making the long trek across the country to come out here and, and get ready for the rest of the week. So on today's show, we're going to lean into Jake's knowledge, especially when it comes to the Colts offense, uh, then dump, jump into the Colts defense today from practice. And then we're going to close it off with some questions you guys have. And if you guys don't have any questions because it's so late at night, which I completely understand, <laughs> we'll talk about our winners of training camp so far. But uh, some news and notes before I kick it to Jake and let him uh, you know, take over this podcast, basically. Uh, yesterday, when we did not record because there was no practice, running back Kenyon Drake was signed. A veteran running back with over 3,000 yards rushing in his NFL career. Spent time, I think, with the Dolphins, Cardinals. I want to say Raiders and uh, Ravens last year and Ravens last year. I think those are the four teams. So if you guys are big Immaculate Grid fans, that's a good name right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they also signed tight ends Michael Jacobson today and Nick Eubanks. They placed rookie offensive tackle Jake Witt on injured reserve and wide receiver Ethan Fernia on injured reserve as well. Those were two guys that we thought you know could be competing for bottom of the roster spots. Now are going to be out for the entire season. And then they waived running back Toriano Clinton, which I feel real bad for. Uh, I think it was Joel Erickson that wrote the, <laughs> the whole piece on him. I joked with him today. I was like, thank God you got that piece out in time, man. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Toriano Clinton was waived. I'm sure the Colts will look at him in the future if there's any other injuries there. But Jake, Getting to Colts practice now. What did you see from the Colts offense? I, you know, in my limited time seeing Twitter and seeing updates from practice, it looked like Anthony Richardson was just dealing tonight. Yeah, this was actually a lot of practices have started to get kind of ho hum, like they're they're starting to kind of roll together. But this one stood out today. Uh, so Richardson, uh, two practices earlier this week. Once the full pads got on. Um, I, I get. I don't want to say full on struggled, but they they were not his most crisp practices. Uh, his accuracy was kind of scattered. He struggled with timing and anticipation, and it was just totally different today. Which is great because we've also been wondering how is he going to respond to any poor performances. And so, through th two practices ago was like the real rough one. He was like five of thirteen or whatever. The last practice statistically he was better but still had some issues with the timing anticipation tonight he was ripping it uh came out in his first session of 11s and was five for five uh had a long catch and run touchdown to amari rogers okay. and he was just he was just slinging it everywhere it was beautiful i don't know if it was because like no one no one really noticed that uh there were two live drills, live sessions going on at the same time because Gardner Minshew and the ones were over on one field and 
Richardson was on the other because they were inside, so you can kind of isolate a little bit. Yeah. But he was just dealing. And, you know, the arm strength was, again, th- that's that's something that's never going to not be on display. Um, but the timing anticipation was a whole lot better this time around, which is it's got to be kind of a breath of fresh air because those are two areas he has had some issues with recently. Um, so b- big check mark for Richardson tonight. That's good. That's good. I mean, you, again, it's all about stacking positive days or what, what would Frank Reich used to say? Climbing that mountain and getting over that mountain. Stuff Get like 1% that. better every day. Yeah. 1% better every day. Keep climbing that mountain, stuff like that. That's what it's really about though. In training camp, you know, we're not asking Anthony Richardson to come out here and look like Josh Allen, current, the current Josh Allen, you know, in his first training camp, but it's just about making sure that the next day is always better than the last day. Or if there is a bad day, bouncing back from it the next day there. So mm-hmm. uh, young quarterback, Anthony Richardson, even though it was with the twos, you know, he was still yeah. playing with twos alongside him though. So it's not like he was with the ones feasting on twos on defense. Right. Uh, he was playing alongside the twos and, and looking really good out there. Uh, you did mention wide receiver Amari Rogers though. Uh, the guy that they claimed earlier this week from the Houston Texans off waivers. I saw he had a pretty good day and then Josh Downs as well. I started seeing his name pop a little bit more. Yeah, a couple smaller guys who can run after the catch. But no, Rodgers had that touchdown I mentioned with Richardson in the first session of 11s. Uh, he then had another one later with Sam Ellinger at quarterback. It's pretty much the same thing. Took like an intermediate catch, turned it upfield uh, for a long catch and run touchdown. So he's a really interesting player because he was pretty highly, her- you know, very heralded coming out of Clemson into the NFL when he got to the Packers, just could not hang on to the ball whatsoever. Yeah. He had he had talent, but if you're a receiver or a return man, you can't hang on to the ball. It's useless. You know what I mean? Uh, so if if he's able to secure the ball and keep making plays in, in the summer, he becomes a really interesting player because there is room for a sixth or seven is probably pretty rich. But, you know, there there's still seems like a spot at the bottom of the receiver depth chart for the Colts. Uh, so he's obviously pretty intriguing. And then Josh Downs, uh, would, I, he felt I felt like he was a lot more involved during 11-on-11s today. Uh, he normally looks nice and crisp during positional drills and stuff, maybe get some catches during sevens. Uh, but both Richardson and Gardner Minshew had passes to him tonight, multiple passes. Uh, so he looked pretty good there as well. That's good. That's good. Now, what else you got for me today from this practice, though? You got we talked receivers, we talked quarterbacks, we mm-hmm. have running backs or O line stuff to talk about. Yeah. So earlier in the week, we spoke with Quentin Nelson, and you know, from a uh, an outside perspective, someone not being in the team, it's like how do you judge the performance of an offensive line when they're not like facing an actual opponent, live tackling all that stuff? And Quentin said one thing they do is like, how are the running backs? How are what's the space we're creating for them? Are they getting to the second level? How how far are they getting downfield before they're touched? And tonight there were a lot of big runs. You know, maybe it wasn't like super consistent, but like there were numerous instances of wide open holes. And, you know, Deion Jackson had one, Jake Funk, Evan Hull had one. Uh, so I'm pretty encouraged by the performance of the uh, the offensive line. And after practice, we spoke with Kenyon Drake, who of course just just got signed 24 hours ago. And someone asked him about playing alongside mobile quarterbacks. Like he's played with Kyler Murray, uh, Lamar Jackson, Tyler Huntley, those guys. And he said, you know, this obviously alludes to Anthony Richardson being his, his new quarterback. But he said playing alongside guys like that 
as a running back, it makes the holes enormous. Yeah. And so if you've got the Colts offensive line opening adequate holes already, and you're playing alongside a genetic freak of a quarterback, <laughs> like the, the running game for the Colts with or without Jonathan Taylor might be pretty dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I actually have a film coming up on Kenyon Drake tomorrow morning. So if you guys want to know what my day was like, you know, get up nice and early, <laughs> drive across the country, write up a film room and then jump on this podcast with you guys. But uh, yeah, no, I was surprised that Kenyon Drake actually looked more explosive than what I expected. You know, I don't I know what that. I was expecting, but mm-hmm. it's like I was watching it expecting like, oh, a 30 year old running back to the cold sign. Like, you know, he's going to be a shell of himself. He's not going to look like the Kenyon Drake we all loved. But when you turn on the film, you know, again, he, he doesn't look like college Kenyon Drake or anything like that, but he doesn't look like slow. He doesn't look right. like he's a plotting back by any means. Um, did he actually get out there and practice tonight too? Did you see him out there or was it kind of a slow day for him? Well, he did some positional stuff, but he didn't partake in like the 11 on 11s. So we're mm-hmm. still waiting to see that from him. But he literally, when when practice was happening today, he was on a plane literally 24 hours before that. So yeah. I think they're getting him acclimated slowly. Running backs tend to get going pretty quickly in practice. So like with Toriano Clinton, I don't think he really did any of the 11s the day he was signed, but then started to get some the day after. Uh, So by the time you're here at practice tomorrow, I'm sure Drake will probably at least be getting some run with the third team. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they, they have in plan, like what they have planned for him, because I would say personally, the way that I came away with it and this again, a sneak peek into my film room for tomorrow morning is I see him a lot like Boston Scott last season with the Philadelphia Eagles where, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're not really getting much of a pass catcher. You're not getting a guy who's going to break a ton of tackles, uh, but he is elusive, vision, like good vision back, like good moving side to side. And he can find those holes and, and be a good four, four and a half yards per carry type of guy at the bottom of your roster. So even if you get Jonathan Taylor back and Zach Moss back, there's still a role for a guy like that at the bottom of the roster. But coming up, guys, we're going to talk about the Colts defense and a surprise young player who's making some waves here in practice. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy football and the best place for best ball. August is here, and you know what that means, the official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball and underdog fantasy. All you have to do is one live snake draft. No waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million in total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with the promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. And Everydayers, we're going to be coming back to you again every single day this week to talk Colts training camp. Uh, Jake and I are going to have to do some finagling to get us both on the screen or <laughs> do something crazy. I have ideas. Yeah, we have some fun ideas. So you might see like more of our bodies too on, on the videos, which, you know, we're going to have to work I, out a little bit. Jake. I don't like that idea. <laughs> but make sure you guys are joining us here on YouTube and obviously wherever you check out your podcast on audio for all your training camp coverage. All right, Jake, so diving, diving into the defense, you know, I, I want to do our Shaq report and a bunch of other big things we want to talk about here, but I keep seeing that Nick Cross thing there, and I'm, I'm hoping this isn't like an AQM thing where you're just messing with me, but, you know, 
Nick Cross impressing. That is huge. That is absolutely huge when we're talking about the potential this player has. So what did Nick Cross do today in practice that caught your eye? Yeah, so first and foremost, he's running with the ones, right? And sorry for all the ding-dongs. I literally don't know what is going on out there. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, so Nick Cross had he, – he affected the, the game in multiple ways tonight. Uh, so he had a nice pass breakup against Kylan Granson, who has been easily the biggest standout tight end of camp so far. Uh, he had a big hit against Josh Downs along the sideline. And uh, he also flushed Gardner Minshew out of the pocket and looked like he was going – like a, a cheetah chasing down, I don't know, a an rhino. Injured, a, an injured a much baby slow, antelope. Yeah, a much slower animal. <laughs> so he had a would-be sack coming on a safety blitz, which I commented the other day he had a safety blitz. That looks like it would have got home too. Nice pass breakup, big hit. That's what happens when a player is playing confidently. Yeah. He's not overthinking things. He's just – he's got his assignment and go. And so – we're seeing Nick Cross get really, really comfortable here. And all his coaches are saying really good things about him, which is not necessarily the same thing as last year. And so they got a real, they've got a real conundrum on their hands when yeah. Julian Blackman gets back. Yeah. I think the biggest, one of the most important quotes, I think that you've said that a coach has said, you know, um, on, on this podcast this year is when I think it was Steichen that you said on our last episode, said that uh, Eric Johnson needs to do what Nick Cross is doing, you know, in order to get I think it was Gus, Gus, Gus. Okay, Gus. That, yeah. Okay. That, that's huge. If you're saying mm-hmm. other young players need to take after Nick Cross after the year he just had last year, mm-hmm. like that is amazing to hear. So I, I hope Nick Cross can keep this up because the sky is the limit for his ability. Um, again, if you're talking like an Anthony Richardson type of prospect at a different position, I mean, Nick Cross is a superb athlete, just so young and just needs to get out there. Uh, so yeah, I really hope that he's able to put it together this year. Another promising young player returned to practice. So that's going to be Juju Brents, uh, mm-hmm. rookie quarter, rookie cornerback made his debut practice. Uh, how did he look out there? Did he even get any 11, 11 time or was it mostly just positional stuff? He actually did get out there for, for some live team drills. Not a lot, like a handful of reps with the, the twos and threes. Uh, but I mean, it was enough. It was not, it was his first practice altogether because he wasn't out there during the spring either right and it, i thought it was pretty funny like when he when he was matched up with the twos he was up against mike strong and i was like that's just two dudes who are like the, the counterpart of each other right like yeah they're, they're two huge gangly guys just going up against each other uh he didn't get any passes thrown his way or anything so i mean his coverage looked fine there was there was one where i think ashton doolin kind of left him in the dust but it, i it was like his first rep that i noticed um, but overall, I mean, it seemed to go pretty fine. But again, just a handful of snaps for him. Uh, but that's what they needed to do is just get him on the field initially. Uh, so now if he can start stacking some positive days, we'll see if he does become that number one outside cornerback. Yeah, Because, uh, I mean, there, there's still room for that. I mean, we, we know that um, Daryl Baker Jr. has had a great camp so far. Uh, but the Colts haven't made the investment in Daryl Baker Jr. that they have in Juju Brents. Yeah. Uh, so that door is still wide open. Yeah, the biggest thing I'm curious about is when Darius Rush and Juju Brents are like really caught up to speed and they're like really practicing, do they overcome or do they kind of take over for Daryl Baker Jr. and maybe even Dallas Flowers as well? 
and they both kind of become the starters or they work in more with the starters mm-hmm. or do those two guys who are having really strong camps, you know, Dallas flowers and, and Daryl Baker jr. Do they continue running with the ones and kind of give some time to those young rookies to acclimate themselves? So mm-hmm. that's going to be a really interesting storyline to watch there. Obviously we have to get to our Shaquille Leonard update. Uh, I heard that he was out there with the ones during 11 on 11 today, which is a huge, huge step forward for, for his progress out there. Yeah, but he had been out there when camp started and they didn't have pads on yet. And it was just shells and helmets and shorts, basically. Uh, but tonight was the first time that he has been out there with with the ones during 11s during full contact. Uh, so that's a really good sign. And he wasn't really shying away from it either. I, I think he was kind of picking on the little guys a little bit with uh, like Jake Funk. Like I think he, he was chirping at Jake Funk a little bit, which I'm I'm absolutely in love with an all pro like Shaquille Leonard, like still needing, still needing to chirp a little bit with someone like Jake. Look, Funk. Like, it, that's it, very, it, that's, very yeah, that's very Shaquille. Yeah. That's very on brand. I, I loved it. Uh, but no, I mean, he talked after practice and he basically said like, uh, physically he's cleared to do all that. Of course uh, they're, they're just kind of like ramping him up a little bit. So we, I don't know that. I wouldn't call it a setback if he doesn't do it every day that they're in full pads, but like, they're building up to, you know, get him back to where his old level of participation was. And tonight was a pretty big step in, in that right direction. Look, if you told me coming into the training camp that this is where we'd be at with Shaquille Leonard right now, yeah. I'd be over the moon because we had a whole podcast talking about the injury risk with him, his injury yeah. history, and just why we were concerned. And to hear that he's on the field and practicing, like, I don't even want to be like looking back at our old podcast and be like, oh, those idiots or anything like that. Cause we were just concerned. We weren't even saying he was never playing again. We were just mm-hmm. terrified. We had no clue what he, what was going to happen. Uh, so to hear that, you know, a week, a week and a half into practice, he's out there running with the ones in 11 on 11s and being physical. That is such a massive step forward for Shaquille Leonard. Uh, and, and the Coles need him out there. Like, just point blank, they need him out there. So that's mm-hmm. great. We're going to keep it in the linebacker group, though, and talk about our camp hero so far. You know, you and I always fall for some linebacker. Yeah, We always do. Sterling Weatherford, Forrest Ryan, JoJo Doman last year. This year, though, Saguna Luby, man. Saguna Luby. I think that's how you say his name. Saguna Luby. Uh, that's he, how I say it. He is such a fun player. I was actually watching some of his college film the other day because – I keep writing these like little articles based off guys that you talk about on the podcast here, Jake. And he's, he's just a wrecking ball, man. He he's Mm -hmm. a little like six foot, 220, 230 pound wrecking ball. And I heard he had a couple big hits in practice again today. Right. Yeah, he is. He's only got one speed, man. And I I think for all you watching, you're going to absolutely love what you see from him in the preseason because like you're supposed to try hard in the preseason. You're supposed to try and train camp and everything when you're a bottom of the roster guy this guy is playing every day. Like it's the super bowl. Like it, he was treating Evan Hull tonight, like Hull insulted his mom or something. Like he was a heat seeking missile for anyone with the ball. And unfortunately for Hull, it was him like twice. Like he hits really hard. That's not the first day he's done it. He's done it like a couple other days in practice. He had the biggest defensive play of camp so far. Uh, when men shoot through the very first interception at camp, it, it was one of those plays where the the blitzer is flying up on the quarterback and he's only a couple yards away and the quarterback throws it right into him as he's leaping. Mm-hmm. That is almost never intercepted, but Alubi held onto it and trotted it in for a, a short little pick six. So the guy's got some talent. He's explosive. 
He is he's a little undersized, but he's aggressive and hits hard. And uh he's at least got some hand-eye coordination if he's able to come down with an interception like that. So yeah, uh whether he makes the roster or not, I think he's gonna be an absolutely beautiful preseason player that everyone's gonna love. You like know if what you guys he... remembered Enoch Mwamba from a few years back, <laughs> the the CFL linebacker the Colts had. Yeah. I'm getting big Enoch Muamba vibes from him. I dig it. I was actually about to throw out an even bigger compliment towards him, but he sounds a lot like a young Zaire Franklin in a lot of ways with that. Okay, where, that's that's probably better than what I said. But I'm just saying like the undersized guy who flies around and just hits yeah. like a truck. I mean, we saw it with Zaire Franklin uh, in yeah. his early days with the Colts where, you know, he he'd actually came out and started his first year. But after that, you know, he was more of a special teamer. And every time he hit somebody, they were flying across the field. We saw it last year, too, you know, mm-hmm. when he got out there um, as a starter. But obviously, Saguna Luby has a way to go to, to be what Zaire Franklin is. But I, I kind of hear that archetype with him so far. And it sounds like yeah. he's kind of doing all those things that Franklin was doing early in his career. Yeah, now that you say that, that's a pretty good comparison. I mean, he's not 167 tackle Franklin, obviously, yeah. yet, but... <laughs> Maybe in the preseason. We don't know. That's true. That's true. (laughs) Coming up, guys, we're going to open it up to a little bit of your guys' questions. And if you guys don't have a ton because it's late at night, then we will talk about some of our winners here in Colts training camp. All right, Jake. So I think we saw, I saw one question here. So we'll, we'll go to this one question here. If you guys have more questions, you know, we'll, we'll try to circle back to them, but DSG Goodbar had a really good one here. Um, how do you think Steichen will use Anthony Rich in the preseason to get quality reps and avoid injuries with him and others? I think it's a great question because obviously you don't want to you don't want to show too much of your hand in the preseason, but you do want to get Richardson some kind of quality reps and some kind of reps that he will need to see in the in the regular season just to get like his legs under him and get going a little bit. Uh, so I do think we'll see a little bit of you know some play action, some bootleg stuff just to get him moving and and looking comfortable like on the run. Um, I'm assuming they'll probably mix in like one or two QB runs in the preseason just so he can get a quick knock and get get a hit under like you know you kind of have to get that first nfl hit on you yeah i'm not saying you want to get him all lined up and squared but if it's something like a read option he's running towards the sideline and someone gives him a little ding as he's getting near the near the sideline like that's that's fine like just get him a little bit of contact but it doesn't need to be too much there um but i think it'll be like a very simplistic typical preseason type passing game not too much of him running i don't think he'll play too much overall in the preseason either um, but I think they'll be careful with it. Like it, it's the preseason. We kind of know what it is right now. It's very vanilla. It's not really designed to get people like ready schematically for the season, but mostly just, you know, get your legs under you, get re- get ready for what, what it means to like call plays and get out there on a football field and, you know, take a couple really small hits just to, you know, oh, just to get your body ready to take some hits in the regular season. I'd agree with that. I'm kind of picturing a similar role with what they've done with Sam Allinger the past couple preseasons. Like when you have a guy that can move, it does make them more comfortable for those bootlegs and things like you mentioned. And with Anthony in particular, he seems to do best when he's not just standing there stationary in the pocket. Uh, So I think that makes a lot of sense. And to get hit of course, as well. Cause like you you can't get hit in practice. You want to know what it's like to be hit by an NFL player. So it's not some big shock if you're starting week one. Uh, but yeah, I don't, they're not going to do a lot of exotic stuff. They wouldn't, if it was Aaron Rodgers back there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it'll, it'll be very basic football, but I think they'll try and get him out moving a little bit. Like you said. Yep. It, it'll it be a lot of Sam Ellinger 
this <laughs> this preseason. Yeah, it's going to be a ton of Sam Ellinger, uh, which means he'll you know if you guys are going on FanDuel or Underdog Fantasy, you're betting on preseason games. Ellinger throwing for over 300 yards a game might be a thing. Like nice plug, nice plug. <laughs> look at look at me go. Uh, we had a couple questions against Ethan for again about Ethan Fernia here. Um, we did talk about at the top of the show. He got placed on IR. Um, I don't think they disclosed what it was. But. No, not yet. And we didn't ask about him today because we had a few other people to ask about. They've, of course, yeah. got kind of a, a laundry list of injuries right now. Um, but I never noticed Fernia getting hurt in the last practice or anything. He actually is. He's always quite involved with a lot of the things they do. Uh, so I never saw him get hurt. Uh, but we can certainly ask Shane about that next time we talk to him. Yep, uh, wide receiver who's competing to be that sixth guy, be their next Ashton Doolin type, you know, special team guy that can play a little bit on offense. But it, it'll have to wait until next year. Or, you know, again, if he goes on IR, the Colts might waive him with an injury um, settlement. So we'll have to see what happens with that. But they they could keep him throughout the whole year just on that IR there. So mm-hmm. we'll have to watch that here. Uh, we did get a question about Darius Rush. How has he looked since returning to practice? I know he's ha- he's got, what, two practices under his belt now? Yes, yeah, so I think he was he was out there like I think he was out there the first couple practices maybe, but he missed the most recent few. Okay. Uh, but he's been back now for a couple, and he's looked fine. I haven't noticed anything like drastically positive or negative. They haven't been doing. They've only done like one round of one on ones in the past like week. It seems like at least the past few practices. So that's one one area you can kind of gauge. Uh, but no, he's he's looked fine. Um, there haven't been like the interceptions and like big pass breakups quite yet. Uh, but he's not getting burned either. So, yeah, that's good. That's good. We got one more question here, and this can kind of segue us into a couple of our camp stars. But any more Daryl Baker Jr. moments? If not, he's still you know he's still a training camp star for us right now. Like yep. he's still doing great. No, he was he was he's been fine. Uh, the quarterbacks were super efficient today. I had both Richardson and Minshew as nine of 11. So um, the quarterbacks couldn't do much wrong today. They were kind of taking a lot of what the defense gave them, Um, especially Minshew. He always tends to do that, but nothing new outside of what we've reported recently. You know, he had the interception the other day, which was nice Um, really breaking in Richardson. uh, Well, giving him his one of his first interceptions, Um, but no, nothing spectacular today. The defense wasn't bad. The quarterbacks were just like pretty good today. That's good to hear. You know what? Good offense wins every time. So let's have the good offense here. Uh, I did say we're going to segue into some winners of camp so far. We were going to do a whole show on this the other day, but with camp continually running, you know, we have to kind of bunch a couple of topics together. So we've mentioned Saguna Luby. We've mentioned Daryl Baker Jr. Those are two massive winners so far throughout training camp. But who are some other guys you have on your short list, Jake, that have just really rised above expectations so far in training camp and even if they're just fringe roster guys they are Mm -hmm. fighting their way up to more favorable spots in that battle yeah so this guy has a hiccup right now but uh will mallory i mean he was back out today i think with a foot injury um so he had strung together a couple nice days since returning from a foot injury uh so we'll see how quickly he's able to get back but that's a really hotly contested tight end room right now and outside of a couple guys, we don't know who all is going to make it, but he stood a pretty good chance. Still might. Um, you know, we talked about any running back basically. <laughs> That's actually healthy. <laughs> yeah. Dion Jackson, I think, uh, you know, with the Jonathan Taylor situation and uh, Zach Moss injury, 
you know, it looked initially like it was Deion Jackson versus Evan Hull for like the last running back spot, but now Deion Jackson is RB1. So uh, he, he's kind of lucked into that, but he's had a nice performance. Like it's not like he just failed up or anything like that. Uh, let's see. Arlington Hambright. Uh, I, I think the fact that he's run exclusively with the twos at left guard and left tackle has been nice. Uh, now that Jake Witt is out, he remains the, the second team left tackle. So that's very valuable. Uh, let's see who else we've got. You know, McTelvin Aguim. We, we've mm-hmm. talked about him quite a bit. Uh, Nick Cross, one of the biggest winners because golden opportunity with Julian Blackman being out like the entirety of training camp so far. And he's done nothing but respond positively and had good things said about him from his coaches. That's so good to hear. That's honestly, that's the biggest one out of all those guys, even though mm-hmm. he, I mean, he was probably going to make the roster regardless, like the third round pick. There's still a lot of potential there, but hearing him take that next step is huge. Uh, there's one more player that I want to throw in there that I know we've talked about quite a bit, but I just want to make sure his name was in there, but Vincent Smith at wide yeah. receiver. Um, I've heard a lot of good things. You've mentioned a lot of really good things. Uh, 27 year old wide receiver, big, t- big guy uh, who's making plays every day. And you said he made a couple plays tonight as well, right? Yeah. So, him and Anthony Richardson have some pretty good chemistry, especially in the big play department. Like if Richardson's going downfield more often than not, it's to Vincent Smith. Uh, They had two downfield back shoulder catches uh, tonight, which were were pretty nice. And again, I've talked about like no one really expects Vincent Smith to make the roster, but if that's who Anthony Richardson has like the best chemistry with, then what do you do about that when you're when you're chopping guys like you're looking at the last roster spots special teams obviously factors into it as well so it's pretty interesting yeah yeah for sure i think that's all we have for tonight guys uh appreciate you guys jumping on with us in this later show i mean almost 200 uh views in here like you guys are just in here watching and it's what 10 30 at night like i don't know about you guys but we're old men this is late for us so we appreciate you guys jumping on again all you on all you awesome everydayers will be back every day this week talking colts training camp uh jake and i will be together all week which will be fun we're you know in the same room being able to talk about training camp give a lot of updates for you guys uh, so if you guys don't already make sure you are following at locked on colts at jake arthur and at zach hicks to all on x the best social media app ever. Also subscribe to Locked on Colts podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. We love your guys' ratings, reviews, and we'll see you guys back here tomorrow.